the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Nursel Connection podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of 9021 Noso. I am JT, and joining me here on this chronological journey through the history of Beverly Hills, 90210 is my partner Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm kicking it here at the Walsh House, getting kind of attached to it, liking uh, liking my my lifestyle these days. Yeah, settling in. It's uh, you know, it's been a fun journey so far. If you're new here to the show, what we do is Tim and I are with you every episode, usually every three to four weeks. We hit a new installments. We are chronologically going through the history of the program, and each episode we do have a new third guest that rotates in and joins us for discussing that installment. So tonight. Our special guest is a big Nato Tuno fan. He is a uh, host of his own shows as well out there. He's uh, one of the co-hosts of Blockbuster Rewind on the Place to Be Nation pop experience. And that is Mr. Eric Eels. Eric, how are you? I'm doing very well, Justin. I'm glad uh, after all this time we finally got a chance to hook up together on a pod. Wow, our first one, huh? Look at that. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. History in the making. Yeah. Uh, I, I oh. got two out of the way with uh, Scottzilla. uh well this one should go a lot smoother uh all right so eric uh, obviously you're a listener and fan of the show so welcome in and i will say to anyone out there listening as i say every episode if you'd like to join us if you've never even done a podcast or never talked to us before but you listen in and you think you'd like to give it a shot you're just a 90210 diehard or maybe you hate the show and you want to talk to us about it just reach out to me on social media and we'll get you booked for an episode we're looking for voices new and old hate or love that want to come on and just chat with me and Tim uh, about the program. Uh, Tim, real quick, before we get started, you want to give a quick shout out to our favorite Instagram account? Yes, it's um, BH90210 Restored on Instagram. So this is an Instagram account where a guy is just going through and putting in, reinserting the scenes with the original music as they were aired uh when the show was broadcast back in the early 90s so if you don't like hearing um that very obvious and often very bad temp music uh replacement music on hulu or whatever streaming service you're using um check out bh90210 restored on instagram and um yeah it's just scene by scene episode by episode and early in the first season go way way down and you'll find them most of them anyway. There's there's some few I've, I've, I've noticed that aren't on there because, you know, we also use a, a resource to tell mm-hmm. us exactly which songs were in which scenes and which episodes. And there's a few that just aren't there. But the big ones, certainly, that you would remember, if you do remember how the show was originally presented, they're there. Okay, very good. So be sure to check that out. And uh, Eric, as we always do with our guests, why don't you take uh, you know a minute or two here and just explain to us your history with the show? Were you watch it back in the day? Did you find it later? How big of a fan are you? Just kind of tell us your relationship with Beverly Hills Nano Um Well, I, I think I'm a I'm a decent sized fan. Um, certainly, a lot of the first half of the show, it's certainly a lot of uh, resonates a lot more with 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 us and our discussions. Uh, I came to the show. 
differently from most of you. <clears throat> I found the show when it was in syndication. Um, probably around like 97 or so. I was 13. So uh, and I was an early avid watcher of uh, FX when it launched. So and that was like the first place I saw the show. With like, I think they were repeating it like every day, every afternoon. Uh, as well as I was uh, later on WPIX 11. Like that nice like right after the Disney afternoon. Leading yep. to the you know, the evenings of WB programming. Yeah. So I I watched pretty much a fair amount of, like the first seven seasons. Just pretty much the end of college. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I didn't realize at the time like the gaunt of episodes per season. How much story they ran through. But uh, you know as a teen was looking for something interesting to watch when I wasn't doing homework, but and the show pretty much captivated me. But obviously, it couldn't keep me to a point, and obviously, it's more prevalent. Why, when a uh, certain character leaves the show during the college years? So, um, but I never really finished the show proper. I never really seen the end of it, but I've, I've rewatched like the early years considerably over over time, and certainly as we've uh, talked the sh- about the show more recently over the past year. So there's right. a thing to dig into during COVID times. Very good. I feel like a lot of people definitely either rediscovered or discovered, uh, at least in our little circle, the show mm-hmm. during that time is looking, I mean, a big part of it is uh, there are so many episodes. If you are going to do a binge, um, it's yep. so many seasons and so many episodes per season. And we're here to talk yes. about as many as we can. So, all right, why don't we dive in? We are looking at season one, episode six, higher education, first aired on november 15th 1990 so we're gonna talk all about it and uh tim noticeably missing one of our favorite characters on the show in this episode uh yeah did not appear i know i know he's been um kind of sort of a dark horse in our rankings i feel like quietly um rising in those ranks but um it's a shame we don't see him here although i do wonder what sort of role he he could have filled this is, again, a, a more Walsh-centric episode of the show, another uh, Brandon-centric episode. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little – I didn't think it was bad, per se. I mean, we'll get into it, but um, I think they could stand to mix it up a little bit just in terms of going between Brandon and Brenda, if it yeah. is going to be so uh, well, Walsh-kid-centric. It's an interesting take because I, it's something I noted a couple times in this episode – and it's felt like this now for a few that Brenda almost feels like comic relief to Brandon's mm-hmm. like deeper storylines. And that, that like definitely the last episode with the car, we talked yeah. about it a bunch. Um, or is that two ago? I forget when that was, but um, yeah, with the car gets stolen. One. Yeah. And all that. And and now this one very much was like, she was the B plot, but it was played for, for laughs versus Brandon getting the heavy story. So it'll be interesting yeah. on a couple fronts. Like one, when does Brenda's stuff become, heavier and two when does uh the other characters really start to get like their own subplots and stories like we do see a little bit here but when do they start to get their own shit not tied to the walshes Mm -hmm. um and with brenda it's it it almost seems like a a maturity issue where Mm. brandon is is presented as so much more um, more of a, a grown-up than she is, and she's like the little girl from Midwest who's trying to fit in. They're still doing that angle, but she's just, to your point, given these very silly plots that 
I don't know, maybe those are relatable to young women that age in the early 90s to some extent. But it almost I think feels like maybe, they shouldn't be twins. Like she's yeah, she, they play like yeah. she's younger. To your point, like, like she's like, younger. Yeah. Uh, but maybe all the viewers would appreciate uh, something a little meatier for Brenda. I, I think even if she is, I mean, at least they really differentiated the characters. I know we've joked about how they're they're both like these savants who are good at everything in the world, but emotionally they're they're very different. Um, so that's nice, but. Let's give let's give Brenda a little bit more to do and treat her with a little bit more sophistication than they have. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly think we're going to get that chance over like the next three episodes or so. You're going to cover yeah. chances, stay on her own, and uh, you take it more serious. Yeah, I mean um, we're still in the single digits here, episode wise. It's early on, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and I, does it mean it just feels like? when the the supporting characters really stand out when like come on their own is more in the second season right when i feel i just feel like they're they're involved but it has to involve the walshes in some way right mm-hmm. in this first season. It, it definitely yeah. feels that way for a while yeah all right let's dig in uh so the peach pit is here it's still the old design kind of like the cursive uh neon <clears throat> front and really feels more like a diner, this is going to sound like a real pedantic nitpick, but it feels more like a diner from like the 50s versus mm-hmm. it will get to know that feels like a tribute diner to the 50s. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. like what it becomes, yes. it's, it's like designed to be like one versus right now it feels like it's a more of like a relic diner like that existed in the 50s and never changed its aesthetic. That's like what we're looking at right now. Uh, it's like a set that they reused. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so right out of the gate, and I love Nat, um, but I, I didn't really get – so Brandon's, like, trying to study and work at the same time. He's got the book set up on the side, and Nat's like, hey, you know, buddy, your food's up. Like, take a break for the book. And then Brandon literally takes one step to the left, picks up the dish, and puts it on the counter. Like, Nat didn't fucking do that for him. Like, I, you know, it's like he had to run it across the restaurant. Like, he, Nat literally walked by where the dish was and where the person was sitting. Like, Brandon could have easily just put it right there. Mm-hmm. Out of the gate, I already get annoyed. Well, you know what they say. When it comes to mayonnaise, you can never be too specific. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that in my life. Well, oh, you, you haven't heard our last episode or two deep episodes. I can't remember. Yeah, deep dive on mayonnaise with with Nat uh, Basicchio. Okay, I, I must miss that. It, it's been a rough two weeks. I'll admit it. I I forgive you. It's all good. All right. So anyway, Nat's laziness aside, Brandon does that. Uh, we then meet Mr. Danzel, who is uh, the big history teacher, and right away he's kind of a, an annoying prick. Um, and the class itself annoyed me with the grading on a curve, which mm-hmm. I luckily never fully experienced that. I don't know if you guys did, but I always heard about it. I wanted to ask you really about that. Yeah. Deal with it. But I do know it sucks. And I, I will say this. They did a good job explaining what it was for anyone who didn't know. Like they outline it pretty quickly. Like, so you have the high, you have the low, and then everyone else pretty much just gets the middle grade. Right. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. much what it is. And that sounds like I'd be fucking pissed. Like, I don't mind that Brandon's outraged over it. He's pissed that Steve got an A. And then you get this random Donna fawning over Steve getting the A. She's still completely useless, too. Like, we have not seen any fleshing out of Donna. <laughs> uh, Tim, any experience with you with grading, grading on curves? 
a little bit, I would say in college more so than high school, um, but not really applied in the way that it is in this class. I mean, you, you would have, and by that, I mean, it would only be used in order to help people really. Right. Um, I mean, you would have the outliers who would do, um, really well or, or even really poorly, but, but not in a way where they would ruin the curve for the rest of the class. Like those people would just be like, you could get like over a hundred if that was the case. Um, and everybody else would just sort of move up the line. Um, and that's really not the way that it's, that it's utilized in this, uh, episode. It's really kind of, um, as you said, sort of fucking people over potentially, and, he gives like um, two A's and then two people must get the worst grade. Yeah. And then everyone kinda, else gets like a C. <laughs> like in that kinda, Yeah. You sort of get a ceiling on how well you can do unless you're a really extraordinary performer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, I, I've never been subjected to that <laughs> sort of grading treatment. Um, no. Maybe it's a California. Maybe, that, maybe that's a Beverly Hills thing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even feel like that's a regular high school thing, period. I mean, Mm-mm. maybe a maybe a private school, uh, certainly a college, but I, I've never been subject to that kind of grading. Yeah, yeah uh, and I mean, I went to pull Catholic my hair out more high school, I like a, and I, I went to a private high school. And I don't, I like, I heard about it, but I don't remember ever experiencing it. So it must have been in that school somewhere, you know. But anyway, after watching this, I was really happy that I never experienced it because I probably would have fucking hated it. Yeah, yeah. Someone who is a good performer, but not always top, was probably probably would have really broken me. Um, all right, so Brandon, uh, another interesting tick here. We're not yet fully into Andrea. Yeah, he's calling her Andrea a lot, which uh, I was waiting yes. for her to correct him, but he just, she did not. Uh, then we get Kelly shows up. She's super horny for Dylan and flirting with him. So it's kind of the first mm-hmm. we've seen in that. Uh, where right now, to this point, Dylan's really just kind of existed in Brandon's stratosphere and not. Anyone else? And Brandon even says it at some point, like my friend Dylan, uh, later in the show. And then Dylan, we get his first interest in Brenda, and she's kind of feeling it. So you get Brenda and Kelly in the in the hall. They kind of Kelly's flirting hard with Dylan. Dylan mentions he's into blondes, but uh, he's definitely showing a shine for Brenda, Eric. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, how how can you not with uh, be attracted to that face despite wearing those overalls? I mean. Oh my God. That face overpowers, <laughs> overpowers everything else. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know, Dylan like uh, interacting with other members of the gang of sorts. Like, uh, it just feels very natural. It's not like an odd oddity of sorts. And uh, and they've done a good job to this point, making all this feel natural. Like, I like that they're not force feeding the first interactions with these characters outside of Brandon and Brenda, obviously, because, you know, Brandon and Brenda, because they're new, but like, they just kind of make it feel like we did just drop in to their school with the mm-hmm. wolves. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, they all know, of course, Kelly knows Dylan, right? It's not like everyone's introducing everyone for the first time. Yeah. That's, and that's what bothers me about, I mean, later on when Dylan and Kelly really heat up, I mean, what this is a few seasons down the line, there's like a complaint within the fandom about how, oh, well, that was a big retcon. They were never all that close. Da, da, da. And it's like, well, no, they, they maybe weren't that close. But, I mean, we're seeing here from, from the jump that these people did have a pretty fleshed out interior life before the Walshes mm-hmm. showed up. I mean, they, they have known each other for a while. And 
maybe there is something coming up later where as they become more of the gang, you know, some line or, or some bit of history where they specifically say, oh, Kelly and Dylan, oh, we, we'd never really talked. We never knew each other. But I mean, to this point, it seems like they're as familiar as pretty much anybody else in this mm-hmm. so social circle within the school. Um, I mean, Dylan seems to know Steve, even though they're not like super good friends. Right. Uh, so, I mean, he's sort of traveling and, the, and that's just Dylan, right? He's sort of a loner, sort of keeps to himself, but everybody knows him. Yeah, he's in all the classes with them. You know, they probably grew up relatively around each other. And yeah. Knows, so, yeah. Uh, the Walsh is just provide a, more of a conduit. Correct. Yes. Yep. All right. So we go back to the Walsh house and Brenda's prepping her hair. And this is where you get, again, more of the goofiness like I was talking about. Like we get another Brenda daydream like we got with the NASCAR racing uh, uh-huh. where this one. She's got blonde hair and Cindy's kind of creeping on her, watching her. Um, and it's just more Brenda's continuing to struggle to uh, fit in. So that's just more of this that we've seen since the start. But again, some more of that hokiness creeping in with her. Yeah, I mean, to be charitable, I guess you could say this speaks to Brenda's sort of ongoing uh, insecurity issues and Mm -hmm. struggling to find an identity here in her new home. Um, That's that's been a kind of a thread that we've been tracking throughout this. But um, again, it is kind of goofy the way it's especially with the the daydream, which, which is such a staple, I'm I'm realizing of these early 90s shows and i swear i think it's just a time-killing exercise (laughs) just just to do a visual gag so you can kind of kind of press pause and not have to you know ask too much of your actors or your writers yeah i'm not i'm not uh as as harsh on it as you guys maybe because i know from the point of hindsight that's not gonna last too much longer right but this stuff this stuff totally tracks with her character like from the very start like she's trying to rebuild her identity in this new surrounding so yeah all that works for me i think it's been more the goofy like cutaway like daydreams mm. and i think her nascar is playing. the only one that's really like well oh, the nascar was, was awful that was, that was absurd this yeah. one wasn't as bad but it, it just no. to me it felt like more of a oh wow like we're still doing this when we get to this episode like another daydream and again th- like i said throughout this it just feels like she's being played as like comedy relief versus a meaty storyline but that's fine if that you know that's just kind of where it is right now i would guess so just by the fact that like we see like her her dream her reflection of herself as a blonde and i guess the episode kind of already gives it away that like right they give her an awful blonde wig like she doesn't look good like she looks she looks very pretty it's brunette yes or all yeah she's just overthinking this so all right so we get brandon and andrea studying in his room and he's being a real piece of shit uh just about curve and everything else just like you know just kind of be a nasty to her for no reason and he's really obviously projecting right he's mad at himself for for sucking and not getting the a why does steve do and what mm. what's his curve and and then you get brenda again like serving as a troll in in the comic relief right like she kind of comes in after andrea leaves pissed and she's like way to go romeo you know like again kind of just like the goof um goofing up brandon but i thought this was you know we haven't seen too much of like Brandon presented in a bad light a couple times, right? Once with the rig of jealous to Dylan and all that, but yeah. 
this one felt like kind of the nastiest he's been. Like there was like it no really defense yeah. of him here at all. Like he just was a shit to Andre for no reason. Yeah, just spitting bullets at her. I mean, all she's doing is trying to help, and it's like you know. If, I don't know if he's totally oblivious to the way she rather obviously feels about him or she's crushing on him a bit, but God, he, he really treated her like shit off of his shoe. <laughs> and of course she's going to storm out. I mean, that's uh reflects pretty badly on, on Brandon in this, in that scene. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he's got a real stick up his ass about this. And, they've and done I like, know that they've been competitive. They sort of sparred back and forth, but I think it's different in a school setting versus, you know, this is a girl hanging out in your room, basically right. trying to help you study. I mean, even if it's not, even if there's not romantic overtones, I just think maybe but there are though, but there are yeah, like, I guess there, there have been without being, which I think is a point in their favor. Like there's been this kind of bubbling tension with them. But it hasn't been heavy handed or talked about a ton, but it's like it's kind of recognized like Brenda kind of says it and Jim and Cindy are kind of excited that she's over and like mm-hmm. like it's kind of been building a little bit, but they haven't like shoved it in your face, which I thought's actually been pretty good. Yeah, I, I suppose I just it's just weird that he didn't kind of turn that competitive bullshit thing off at home and just lighten up a little. Um right. I just, yeah, it's it's weird to see that that's that's kind of their relationship through and through right now. Well, we'll also see later why he's feeling so much pressure, which maybe we could use that earlier, but maybe we're supposed to also infer it from like the basketball stuff with Jim and like how how Jim treats him in that. Yes, he kind of gives him a lot more leeway than Brenda, but he also mm. has like way higher expectations from Brandon uh, across. True, the- true. Yeah, we forget this is right on the heels of that basketball episode. <laughs> Well, we find out here too. Brandon says it later at some point, like that Jim like graduated sumo cum laude or whatever. Like, so yeah. we've learned a lot about Jim early on here too, right? Like he played basketball. He was like a stud in the classroom, and like so Brandon, you know, I, I think without watching these early ones, you never really pick up on that later because they don't really get into it more. But here, you really are seeing like, you know, Brandon constantly feeling like he's going to live up to Jim's expectations. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we get we go to Steve's house now, which is the first time we're there, and we get some more background for the first time really on his family. We get teased a little bit in the early ones, but he kind of talks up his history, all the divorces and the houses he's been in, um, and it didn't feel forced. It kind of just felt like, hey, like, yeah, these guys are kind of buddies, but they haven't really had the talk yet, right? Right? Like they haven't gone deep beyond like surface level friendship, mm-hmm. and now it's, um, you know, getting a little bit deeper. And they leave you leaving the scene thinking that Steve's a good student. Like, I was like, oh, was this like a retcon? Like, was he actually a good student here? Because he's getting the A and, you know, talking it up about studying. And he's like, you just have to know the questions that are coming. And you kind of think like, oh, OK, well, you know, maybe he was a good student at one point. And you're kind of building the bromance. And then you immediately find out, like, the next scene that he's just a giant fucking cheater, which is, <laughs> yes. which is way more right in line with what you would expect. Yeah. Idiot savant, I don't think of Steve Sanders. No, no. It's just it's. Chilling in the pool. He's he's just like totally totally unbothered by by this uh seemingly very hardcore class and the questions that Brandon is grilling him with. It's like, yeah. I'm gonna go to the Lakers game, got an extra ticket. Yeah, he's just chilling and it becomes a big moral crisis because Steve lets on 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the copy of the tests, you know, like he's, this is it, Brandon, like you want to pass or are you going to, you know, hold your morality into place? Um, and Steve really starting to lure him. It's a great line. Just another A on the Denzel curve. <laughs> so when he, how he <laughs> says it, um, and then, uh, so anyway, so this is again, our, our episodic Brandon moral play, right. That we get every episode. Yeah. Yep, and Steve is sort of, once again, the devil on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show may be feeling a little bit like it isn't quite sure yet what kind of character Steve is going to be. Um, right. A bit mischievous, a little bit of a shit stir, but they won't commit to making him a, a all-out villain, certainly. Um, they could have pulled that trigger in the last episode with the kind of, you know, dog whistly racist comments he was making mm-hmm. about you don't feel that was players. enough of, of a trigger pull. It was it was really riding the line, right? Talk about the the Danzel curve. That that one was about to step over it. <laughs> um so they sort of pulled back there, but it's interesting that again, just one episode later we're we're seeing more uh moral ambiguity from Steve. Like he's a big fat cheater. Um but at least that, I mean, I don't know, like we've all had some some indiscretions in that area. I think you could maybe um, get away with that more than making your, your side character an all out racist. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not sure about the choice to do back to back Steve episodes where he, he's a bit of a. Uh, I feel like a- they're trying to make him the he- like I think they're trying to have a villain within the group. Like mm-hmm. a natural, a natural bad, villain. Yeah, like, but, but not a super hateable villain, right? Like, yeah. I think we have the villains of the week for that. But he's meant to be like the tension within the group because mm-hmm. I think we see that play out even further too. We've seen it a little bit already with the comments about Kelly and stuff. So, like, I think he's always been made. I think early on the vision of him was to be kind of the asshole of the group. That's like, you know, still part of the friends, but kind of the one that's the most. Uh, yep. annoying i guess like which is kind of a trope in movies and shows right like there's always kind of the one guy that's annoying within the group even though he's part of the group yeah he's and he can't be the lead character because of his character flaws uh but he does have more depth than as you put it the villain of the week which he's never going to sink to that low uh all right so we head into the girl's bathroom for a minute. I believe it was the girl's bathroom. Uh, yes. Somewhere, somewhere, Donna, where she's really being made to be an idiot. Like, she's got two <laughs> contacts with one eye. Like, I, I mean, this, this again, plays in line with, like, some of the Brenda stuff I've talked about. Like, like I mean, do we need to go this dumb with her? Like, I know they're trying to portray her maybe as, like, the typical valley girl <laughs> blonde git, but, like, fucking, like, this felt like her Saved by the Bell character that was, like, you know, into screech or whatever, but like two contacts with one in one eye. Like, I mean, I mean come on, like, what a dumbass! You gotta be real fucking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's. I Do we? Like, maybe this is. It feels like the writers. The okay, writers yeah. Are somehow punishing her because her mm-hmm. dad got her on the show. I was about to ask if I'm putting on my tinfoil hat to to maybe consider that. So you thought of it too. I I do sort of wonder if this is a writer thing where they just hate this character and hate that they have to do anything with her. <laughs> so let's make her look like a total idiot. Yeah. It's like just way off. Like I, you could do ditzy blonde without going this far mm. over the top of it. Yeah. yeah. It's maybe a little bit mean spirited. 
I mean, yes, two contacts with one eye. It's like, it's just like a fucking dumb thing again. It's like, who the fuck is doing that? Uh, all right, back to Danzel, who is a real oddball. He pronounced kudos, kudos, which really, kudos. really annoyed me. Um, Andre takes another fucking beating in this episode here. Brandon, like, refuses to study with her now. And it's because he's nervous, right? Because he knows he's maybe going to be cheating or he did cheat on this test. And he doesn't want her there. But she's, like, really feeling like shit. Like, now... He was a dick to her at the at the room. Now he's like refusing to study whether she's willing to give him another chance. Just not not going well. Mm-hmm. No. But um, and I think it's around the scene where we get the uh, and this is totally unrelated, but I had to call it out. The drink machine in the middle of the hallway, apparently, in West Beverly, like one of those old drink machines. It's like a very generic looking cold beverages and i'm like what is this doing here just in the middle of the school like i guess it is i guess the rich just aren't like us right that's it they have access to cold drinks whenever they need them really yeah and soda it's that i mean mean, how do you pronounce yeah got art if they could have gotten like the pepsi product they would have gotten it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's totally unsponsored but i'm like damn i remember it was a big deal when we got like a fruitopia dispenser in my (laughs) High school and fucking. What happened to Fruitopia? Is that completely gone? That was a Coke product, right? I want to say, yeah, it was a Coke product. I want to say you can still get it in Canada, mm. but yeah, it definitely went the way of like Surge and whatnot around oh, here. God. God. That's my beloved Surge. Yeah. I'm very, I'm pretty pumped about that. There's got to be a market. Didn't I know they tried to kind of redo it right at some point, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like, like the Crystal well. Pepsi thing. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that they haven't brought a lot of that stuff back. Some of it, yeah, but I don't know. Zima even had its resurgence. Come on. Everything comes back. Everything. Eric, how do you say? Do you say kudos or kudos when you pronounce it? I say kudos like a normal person. Good. Kudos. Yes. Kudos. Not like stupid fucking Danzel. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Jim's putting more pressure on Brandon, just overbearing. Like, he's going to back off. Like, he's, oh, well, you're going to get an A, right? History's your best mm-hmm. subjects, you know, just really hammering them. Uh, yeah. After class, we get 1.2 where Brandon calls him Steve Saunders. Was that just a slip by Brandon, or is his name <laughs> be. Steve Saunders? <laughs> yeah. Because he clearly says Saunders. He does, yeah. I know we've heard Sanders prior to this. So it's, I think that's just. Jason Priestley not being great with names. Yeah. Why did they just reshoot it, though? It was so <laughs> aggravating to me. Oh, I don't know. TV schedules. Who knows? Who knows how, yeah. how many days they have to shoot? Five, six, seven. It was just the best take, and they said, fuck it. No one's yeah. going to notice. Whatever. This big no one's going to rewatch this in 30 years anyway. No <laughs> one cares. Steve Saunders. Uh, all right. Yeah. So then, he, then we get back to the pit where Danzel, like, basically starts talking to Brandon because he passed the class and he's like, you know, he's been coming into the pit and at first he was ignoring Brandon and then he kind of, you know, warmed up to him a bit because he started getting better grades. And then Brandon just fucking goes off on yeah. him. Like just loses it on Denzel. Like your curve sucks. It's you know, like, no one's learning anything. You only care about, um, you know, basically, memorization. Yeah. Memorization and not learning anything. It was uh, really hardcore. Like, they really, really, uh, he went heavy on Denzel. And Denzel kind of let him empty the chamber on him. Yeah. I will say this is another one of those moments in the show. And this is, I mean, really throughout the run of the show that, especially when Brandon is still in high school and even 
little bit into the college years, the way that he speaks to adults just so kind of takes me out of it sometimes. Um, I, I get that that's his character, but I don't know. I just think about the world today and even back then, and there's just no way like a kid would ever be able to get away with talk, at no, least in no. the circles, my social circles, yeah. there's no fucking way. Like you would get not at that point. No, your chance. ass no reamed. And he's yeah. doing it in front of his boss at his place of work. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. room full of people. Right. Right in front of that construction worker. That guy just wants to enjoy his hamburger after a mm. long, hard day. It would have been one thing if they were like in his office or something, you know, but yeah, in a public place and just fucking laying them out. Uh, Brandon's uh, he's been feeling ballsy lately. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the and I guess this is the second time we've seen it again in this early run. Remember the 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 restaurateur from I don't know that that episode uh, where he gets the job at the Peach Fit, the, the crappy place he worked before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, how? What uh, is episode six, right? Yes. So they're like halfway through a semester already. Yeah, you fit well. Um, it seems well, it like says the, midterm, right? This is the midterm, so yeah, they said okay. midterms. It, it seems like the show has done a pretty consistent job of keeping up with like this aired in what mid November. And I remember it was a couple episodes ago where, where Brandon even says, Oh, it's November and the leaves haven't changed. Da, da, da. So, I mean, yeah, I would think if anything, they might be a little bit ahead of in this universe where when the show actually aired it feels like it's gonna be like late october i think or something because i think i might have been october he said with the with it's hot in october or something because midterm that'd be like october so that's i'm, I'm thinking we're like late october right now in this time yeah. frame either way he's always he's shooting his mouth off and he's not thinking about right. long-term consequences right no definitely not he is uh completely feeling himself so andrea yeah. catches brandon cheating basically in class and that's a really intense scene. Like she's like shooting fucking darts at him <laughs> and her nature is to narc and she is fighting it because they don't say it again. And this is what I was saying. Like they are doing a good job building the tension with them without hammering it home. Like, you know, normally she may have like fucking dropped the dime on him because she, he's yeah. fucking up her grade. And because deep down she's into Brandon or, you know, they played off like it's because they're friends, but she's obviously clearly into him. Right. And she's like, you're lucky I didn't fucking turn your ass in like enough with the bullshit. And it's not that he it's not just that he disappointed her as a friend. It's, you know, she's she's got the hots for this guy. And she's kind of feeling feeling it even harder that, uh, you know, he's not maybe the person that she thought he was. Right. But yeah, it's a great explosive Andrea seat. I'm talking to you. (laughs) She was not happy. I know. Don't fuck with I, I wish we got more of those with ship uh her yelling at him over the show. Yeah. Were you guys surprised Brandon actually cheated? Uh no. 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 I think I think it works this early. Yeah, this early. It, especially where each episode is still kind of in that morality play framework. You sort of have to do the deed in order right. for the lesson to take. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you could have done that maybe with a different character, but. Or did this lady gets close and doesn't do it? Like, because right. I feel like Brandon's always held us such a paradigm of mm-hmm. uh, fortitude and not giving in on this kind of stuff. So it was actually surprising to see him just straight up 
cheat cheat right away. Um, but he's definitely, you know, we've seen cracks in him early on, despite the other stuff that they've done with it. I've made him the hero and, you know, the, the king of Beverly Hills and everything. But uh, so it's been interesting that they have pushed on that already. Yeah, I think they're showing some willingness to allow even the lead characters to make mistakes as long as the, as long as they learn from those mistakes. And, you know, as long as they're not like killing anybody, <laughs> there's, you know, there's a limit to this. So a little, little bit of cheating on a, on one test on a midterm. Um, I don't know. It's probably a little bit relatable to, to viewers. So we, we go back to the house now, Brenda, Kelly does Brenda's hair. Uh, Kelly gets somebody digs in on Cindy's hair, which I thought were funny. Uh, basically, she's the one yes. that needs to hit the, the, the fix of the hair, not you. Right. Um, yes, during their barbecue. That just makes it worse. Yeah, just roasting her hair. And then, uh, so they do the Brenda's hair, and it comes out, I, I don't know, burgundy? <laughs> burnt orange? I, I'm not sure the best. Uh, burnt sienna? Yeah. Best way to, to phrase it, but not good. And it's like Rosanna Dana, like, all fucking like puffed up. <laughs> no, I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty it. brutal. There's a deep cut for you. That's, uh... <laughs> so, I mean, that's what it's like. It's all puffed out and just the colors are fucking best. Brandon's trolling her. Um, and then, but Brandon does step in and like when Jim and Cindy see it, he defends his sister. I do like how they've built that into here. Like the natural twin defense system that mm-hmm. they've built. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this is hey, this is her decision. She looks good. Right. Like kind of trying to weather the pending storm before she catches shit for fucking her hair up. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as fashion moments too, I, I thought she did a nice job of accessorizing, trying to yes. make the best out of a very bad situation here. It's, uh, she sort of dressed for her hair. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't just think they have a giant handkerchief, uh, and like Jackie O sunglasses just lying around before school. <laughs> so, right. All right, so that is going on, and then we get Brandon and Dylan are on campus, and, you know, Brandon's kind of talking about Danzel, and, you know, Dylan's like, well, you know, he's all right. He's, you know, it was tough in the moment, but I learned a lot, and he's actually retiring this year. He hasn't told anyone, and so Dylan's kind of, you know, talking up mm-hmm. Danzel, and it's one of those teachers, right, that you may you may hate in the moment, but you look back and realize, like, you learned, you learned a lot there, but he does warn Brandon, like, hey, don't, don't don't fly too close to the sun, buddy. Like, don't fuck around too much uh, with with this stuff, with the cheating and all this shit. Like, you know, you're gonna you're playing with fire, basically. Mm-hmm. This is maybe early hints of Dylan's. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of his intellectualism. Yeah. Uh, where you know later on he's not much of a scholar, right? In these early episodes, but later on he does begin to take his studies a lot more seriously. And we already know, like, he's fucking reading Lord Byron in his leisure time, apparently. And, and messing uh, around the computer lab, too. So he's messing around, yeah, him. messing around the computer lab. Yeah. Um, so it's like he's talking up, the, yeah, this Danzel teacher. You figure he maybe got out of the class with a C or something mm-hmm. and was grateful for the experience. Um, but it, it's funny. It's, it's another one of those, like, Dylan has presented as so much more worldly, even right. though they're the same age, the same grade. But, well, he's know, just he's experienced already... more coming from the situation yeah. he's been in. Right? Yeah. All right. So, so I, Dan, I like that scene. For sure. Yeah. This is very much still early Dylan uh, Zen. Philosophy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So all right. So we go back to the classroom where now it's Denzel's turn uh, to really start fucking with Brandon, and he pushes the shit in hard with the trolling. Uh, big time in the class, right? He's like, well, yeah. you know, why, you know, whatever. Talk about the Native Americans and kind of like, you know, why, why was this the case, Brandon? And like, Brandon's got nothing to say, right? He's like, I thought you wanted to, you know, give your thoughts and be challenged and not just memorized and like just completely just shoves it back on him, which I thought was well played. Like he let Brandon have his moment in the pit, but then he knew like he could just blow him up in front of his friends in the Flip class. Around. So, yeah, I love it. Little good mm-hmm. for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> uh, what was your guy's favorite? Like, did you like history? Did you hate it? I I really liked history class. It was always like one of my favorite subjects, but I hated this period that they're talking about here. Mm. And I felt like I always, it was like you, whenever you get to the good stuff, like the year would end, you'd go to the next year and like you'd restart. <laughs> like, I feel like I learned about like the beginning of America and like Native American history. And I feel like I learned that so many times and like Revolutionary War. Yeah. I just like I wanted to just get to like more modern stuff. And I feel like in college later, like I finally was able to take a class that was more like modern history. But God, I just I could not like it was I just always found that stuff like super bland. It, Maybe just, I went through it so many times. Definitely could get pretty repetitive. For me, it was not so much this any one subject as it just depended on the teacher. Um, in, in history, I I think I had a pretty good track record. I, I had decent teachers all throughout, like with one exception in middle and high school. I had the same teacher like for a couple couple of years. But yeah, to your point, I think the farthest along we got was probably vietnam and maybe a yeah i don't i don't think we even got into like the 70s you right. know and i, I feel like i always wanted to get there and it's like never did yeah yeah and that's like literally where the history book would end i mean right. he, even if we covered everything in the book it was like that's it and it's like well okay it's the year 2000 so Right, like, the past like, 30 years well, I, I really wanted like the cold war and russia like that stuff was super interesting to me yeah and i just feel like i'd always just you know go back to like the war of 1812 and like i certainly remember my history books were probably published towards the end of the cold war that's for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh no i i liked history class to a point um but certainly there was a lot of uh, Civil War, Revolutionary War, that type era. Um, occasionally you get like some other outliers like, you know, ancient Rome and such and Caesar. Right. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it for the most part. Like I, you know, the Vermont school system does best as could. And I, I had good teachers um, to do the best they could. But yeah, I enjoyed history. And uh, I always thought you could get more. I was obviously... Uh, for me, understanding was challenging. I I just I couldn't just have books. Like if I need to learn, I would do more. You know, right. I would watch like movies. I watch bi- biographies to try best to gauge material. So, well, you would have so. done well with Danzel, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe so. Maybe. So. Then we get back to the peach pit where Brandon's like fucking around again. And that has a great line. He goes, Brandon, I'm curious. Do you still work here? <laughs> He's fucking with him. Um, and then uh, Dandel been in there for dinner like he always is. And Brandon leaves. And at first I'm like, why is Dandel just hanging out in his car reading the book? Uh, but then we find out that his uh, tire was flat. And it seems like maybe someone let the air out. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get a nice little bonding moment between them. 
So Brandon's basically like, you know, you're waiting. And he's like, you might be waiting a while. And he's like, oh, you don't know how to change a flat. And he's like, well, some stuff I'd rather just pay someone to do. And Brandon's like, I'll do it for you. So Brandon fl- fixes the tire for them, for Denzel. What doesn't take any money. But we get a razor sharp moment where Brandon drops the copy of the test. And mm. Denzel picks it up. But doesn't open it and just hands it back to Brandon. So I like this tease, Tim, because I think in any other show, the lazy play would have been he opens it and sees it and we get some tense moments. But yeah, I like that we didn't um, get that from Denzel that he just, you know, we get the tease and the tension, but not that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, it, and you're right. A lazier show would have just had the reveal. But this this writing was smart and just um, kind of reminding the viewers hey, Brandon's a big fat cheater, and it's not so much that he almost got caught, it's that this speaks to the guilt that he's now experiencing for cheating. It's not the, it's not the fear of getting caught, it's that, oh, I cheated in the first place. And um, I like that little reminder there. And yeah, there's, there's a bit of suspense, and the question hanging over this is, is he going to get caught? But ultimately, it just serves um, to really speak to his guilt over the whole matter yes. um, and this little bonding scene he has with, with Danzel. Right. It's, especially since he literally just got the test from Steve, more of the devil on his shoulder. I mean, he's literally wearing a yeah. red leather jacket when he comes in the peach pit. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, wow. Nice that. visual I imagery like there. Yeah. Oh, man. That. Yeah. And this like, is the midterm he's got. And that's why he's so torn. He's like a quiz is the quiz, Steve. But like, this is, you know, this is the midterm. I feel like a little shakier doing this. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I should. Yeah. I should correct myself. He did not cheat on the actual midterm. It was. It was on a quiz. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He had been cheating on the quizzes, and this was the. This is the midterm. So you know, you got to figure this episode probably covers a lot of ground. Um, I, I think that the narrative it presents, you could almost say this. The the events of this episode might sort of weave in and out of other episodes we've already seen um, just because it covers so much, probably covers a few weeks here just leading up to that midterm. I mean, how many fucking quizzes did we see before? Yeah. Well, it's once a week is kind of what he said, right? Uh, So I think we've mm -hmm. failed one and then he cheated on one Mm -hmm. at least. And I feel like maybe one of them in there. And then it's the midterm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe Let's, it's uh, so maybe we're a spread of a month in here. Yeah, this could have started, you know, back closer to the beginning of the school year, and and right. you know it, where we end is is with the midterm, and you know, late October, early November, whatever. Yeah, so I, I think we're covering a few weeks here. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I, I had a quick question for you guys. Um, we talked about like how this the story kind of works early on in the show because we're still, you know understanding the characters and such, but uh, had this been a situation where they realized that it was best, I mean, I was right now they're treating them like the juniors they are, and now so we know in season two they're going to break mm. on it, that they're going to be juniors again. Right. Um, had, had in hindsight they decided to make them sophomores, would it have been better to hold this kind of storyline off for the next year, or would it not have mm. worked as well? Yeah, yeah, because you sort of figure... That junior year, the stakes are kind of higher, right? Mm-hmm. As far as your acting, I mean, y- you've got some wiggle room. You know, your first two years of high school. If you're fucking up, it's like okay, whatever. You can, you can buckle down your last two years if need be. 
But um, yeah, are are you feeling this much pressure just like your sophomore year? Um, nowadays, probably back then, I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, that also speaks to West Beverly, right? The culture is they talk about how it's academically they're you know supposedly so much more superior not just to other schools but even for you know this beverly hills high school um i mean i think it kind of works either way but it it does the context is a little bit different if you're looking at it from the standpoint of you know they're juniors they're doing like sat prep and all this other shit mm-hmm. all okay. right i was just curious about thanks so uh, we get that tense moment, and then we kind of get more nasty Brandon. Like, he's explaining these gray areas to Andrea, and he starts gaslighting her hard about, like, the lack of support and everything. Like, I I know this is kind of the worst Brandon's been as a person um, in this episode. Like, he's really just, like, almost blaming her for what he had to do um, in a way, or just blaming others for, like, his decision here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then she kind of caves as always. She's like, oh, maybe you're right. And so it's, a, again, an ongoing trend where Andrea is very firm in her morals and stances, but continuously backs down when it's Brandon on the opposite side of it. Like, it's clear she's just got a thing for him and it alters her stance that she takes mm. very, very seriously. Yeah, well, and he's also talking to her as if she has the same information that he does. Right, right. Um, and she to- she totally doesn't. She's completely in the dark and has just been on the receiving end of, like, a lot of abuse from him. And, I mean, she's just trying to – she's struggling through this yeah. class like anybody else. I no. mean, she- it, it makes it worse, though, like, this scene's in the library, and he's the one that comes up to her. Like, she's yeah. not mm-hmm. keeping with him. Mm-hmm. She's keeping to herself. That That makes it ten times worse. Yeah, he's trying to justify this. He just picks a fight, basically. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see like how that plays out too. Does he continue to use her? Right. Like, like basically, how how much does she take? How much does he abuse her blind loyalty to him? Because it feels Mm -hmm. like now it's starting to become a trend that that he knows kind of maybe, you know, he's stringing her along a little bit. Maybe this feels something for, but it feels like he's constantly kind of leveraging her for his own gain whether he knows he's doing it or not it's it's starting to become a thing right right and she's her being a bit of a doormat when it comes to him is is becoming more obvious too yep so we'll see how that plays out so brenda we see her going to jog with the hair what is yep. this awkward jogging she's a poor uh, thing I mean, she's just a not not good <laughs> just like, no yeah she does not know how to run <laughs> I know. Uh, we kind of skipped over the, the awkward uh, reveal of her hair to Kelly and Donna. And that's oh, just that's bad good. enough right there. That Kelly does not take any responsibility for fucking for it up. Part yeah. Of that. <laughs> yeah. But no, this this jogging thing is her outfit, her stance. Um, it, it's just all kinds of weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When does she jog? Like, I don't remember a time where Brenda ever does anything. I'm like, like, this should have like gone for she gone for a walk. Would have been better than a jog. Did she just really? run for one second and been like, yeah, let's have Brenda go for a walk. It, it's not as ex- ex- uh, extraneous as like Phoebe on Friends, where that's intentionally done more for comedy. Oh yeah, this wasn't played for comedy. For once, it was not played for comedy at all. Uh, it was very clear that they were just like, yeah, Brenda, go jog, and she just had no clue how to fucking run. <laughs> go jog. 
Uh, uh, so Dylan uh, pulls up on, on his hog on the side of the road and uh, he's flirting hard already. And Brenda says, I like your butt. I mean, your bike. And Dylan's like, all right, hop on. So here we go. I think now we're finally going to start seeing this maybe start to ramp up a bit. Mm. Um, Dylan is clearly has a shine for her and she is very into him. And uh, he she rides off on the back of the bike uh, to go to Dylan's special hairdresser to fix her hair. Yeah, I, I'll just point out that I, I'd love this little scene between the two of them. I mean, say what you will about her jogging, but she certainly stands out. She caught Dylan's eye. Yes. And, uh, he's um, he, he kind of says all the right things in that scene. Yep. And he's going to make this better. I just really love his jacket uh, because my <laughs> grandfather <laughs> had a jacket just like that. And when he died in the late nineties, you know, I got a lot of his hand me down clothes and stuff. You know how it is when a, a relative dies yes. and you kind of have to go through and get rid of their stuff. And I was like, damn, this is a pretty sharp jacket. And I, I still have that jacket to this day and I love it. Um, I swear it looks just like that. Great, great jacket, great fashion there. So I, I definitely had to put that down as one of my, not even so much 90s fashion moments, but just it's almost like a personal association sort of thing. And so, they so he does, cool. he does get her hair fixed. And that's where we get kind of at the end um, where, you know, Brandon's basically like, my friend Dylan. She's like my friend Dylan. So mm. this is to this point, Dylan's kind of been, you know, just a Brandon thing right here since he's arrived. But now Brenda also has uh, discovered the wonderful Dylan McKay mm-hmm. as a friend. And perhaps more. Uh, so I like the wrap up we have where Denzel kind of throws the curveball and he's like, here's your test, throw it away. And we're going to do an essay about what, you know, and Brandon studied for real and he was prepared and, you know, Steve kind of gets burned, which is a nice payoff there without, again, yeah. without hammering it home. You just kind of know, like he had only studied the, the answers to the, you know, cheat to cheat on it was not prepared to write an essay. And then I like the post too, where, Danzel and Brandon kind of have their moment where Danzel basically admits that he knew Brandon had a copy of the test, uh, but Brandon says, you know, I wasn't going to use it. And you get the moment too with, you know, we hadn't talked about this, but one of the running gags was everyone mocking Danzel's clothes. And we had found out at one point that basically his wife had passed away and she had bought him a bunch of clothes before she died because right. he knew that he'd be lost without her to pick out his clothes. So he wears these ugly shit because she bought it wrong. <laughs> Well, they act like he does wear these ugly, and it's like he right. like they didn't look that bad. Well dressed no. older gentleman, like I, I think it's supposed to be like a Beverly Hills thing, right? Like, yeah. like he doesn't fit in there with these clothes, but if he was just like at fucking you know right. BC Prep or some shit in Massachusetts, like he probably would have fit in okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like a college professor, and they're like, oh, this fucking ragamuffin here. And right. <laughs> Uh, what would you uh, think of the wrap up, Eric? The payoff there at the end. Um, I like the, I like the payoff. Uh, yeah, I, I was expecting it. I certainly enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, just try something different. Um, rip it up. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm thinking about the scene before at the non-apology. She yeah. in, in Andre. God, I just <laughs> right. got you shook, huh? Yeah, I'm like he. I, I'm rewatching the scene while we're doing this. So I'm like, he is not say sorry at all. No. He talks around it. Yeah. yeah he gaslights her hard, like hard, yeah. hard, like just completely yeah. blames her for, for like yeah. everything. 
It was yeah. bad. Like Andre had every right at some point to just like fucking put a bullet in this guy's head like the way he treats him. <laughs> For sure. It's a testament to Priestley, you know, like how good he is and how charismatic he is that like you don't see it too much. Right. At least the first time. No, turn, and I don't, I don't think turn this whole girl this this world upside down for this young lady basically in the course of yeah. again however many weeks this takes place. For. Well, if I hadn't like, you know, I, I think I'm only noticing it because right, Tim, like we're watching this and taking notes and like yeah. talking it through every episode. I think if you're just watching this, you probably don't pick up on it maybe as much. But I think as we're like breaking it down, you're kind of realizing just kind of what brandon's doing yeah, yeah not good behavior no he's uh yeah just this relationship with andrea just where it's going like like you said turned her life upside down and he's kind of like in another show he'd be the toxic guy that like ruins her world you know like mm-hmm. if this wasn't a wall shetrick show where he's supposed to be like the the hero the story would be like this guy came from minnesota and completely fucked with this poor girl and she en- enters this toxic relationship that knocks her off course you know well <laughs> yes well there are some elements of season three I can't quite remember until I get to the rewatch, so there's a chance that might still happen. I don't exactly know how the relationship goes, whether they hit college. I know once she gets to college, like, she's mm-hmm. fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, God willing, we'll get there. <laughs> yep. Give it time. But, uh, All right. No, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I do like this. I feel like this result, nonetheless, like, I feel like it was the shit way to do it with just Brandon being an asshole, but, like, there's an element of him being right and, like, him, like, because the guy was being very harsh and, like, grading on such a hard curve. Like, Right, and maybe Brandon fixes it. Maybe this guy doesn't end up retiring and he, you know, alters the way he teaches or whatever, but, mm-hmm. yes, yes, just a different way it probably could have gone about it. Yeah, I, I feel like that should very much be well commented on, especially since... This is one of the few real plot lines we're going to get revolving around the classroom right. at this point in the show. So, Yeah, well, see, yeah, that's another thing we've talked about, Tim, a bit, right? It's like kind of mm-hmm. when does like the school stuff really kind of fade? I know we still get some of it in there, obviously, but no, that's uh, a great point. Right that's very uh-huh. much just like a high school classroom drama, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Where academics actually matter and are baked into the plot. And that's not something you associate with this series. Um, if you're a long-time viewer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, sort of appreciate yeah, it. I that. certainly like this stuff because I like mm-hmm. I like seeing these characters, um, even Steve, involved in this. But obviously we know yeah. uh, where it will end up. I mean, look, I had a pang of anxiety uh, just from personal experience of, of the guy. You sit down for the test and he tells you, I mean, nothing so dramatic, but tear up this test. I've flipped the script and you're going to do this instead. Like there's nothing worse in the world than feeling like you're prepared mm-hmm. for a test. And then they're like, oh, change of plans. <laughs> it's like, I've been there, man. The, That's, the that only, sucks. The only comparison I can make in a real life setting is the teacher doesn't show up and you have a sub. And I don't really think but, the sub would go through that nah, with, nah. The, with the test. That. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause I've never, I've never seen anyone do that in real life, like tear it up. Yeah. All in all, I, I thought this was a good episode. I thought it started a little shaky, but I thought once it got rolling and we dug in deep to Denzel's layers and they filled in some of the gaps, I thought it got really good. Um, I liked that they didn't just stay surface level with, oh, this guy's an asshole teacher. Right. We're gonna, we almost got, like, I liked that they gave him some depth 
and like dug into what made him the way he was and why he was the way he was. It it just it added that layer and it it a it speaks to like this being an hour instead of a half hour, right? Like I think that helps because mm-hmm. like, it gives them time mm-hmm. to do stuff like that. But it it just put a nice spin differently into the episode. And we saw some of that last week, right, with with the basketball player and the team, like all that stuff, um, where, you know, we get some layer and depth to what made him be in his position. So I like that they're taking the time to explore this stuff versus just sticking like surface level and trophy. Sure. In in this case, I can be okay with a a couple characters aren't around this week. You're right. It helps make the story better. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they, they a lot of that time to expanding on Danzel, right, versus just like. 100% 100% Walsh or something like that. Like they actually let us understand why we get to where we are. And when it, it made it more poignant at the end when they come together, right. Versus just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting there. Definitely. Uh, I do think the comic relief Brenda needs to turn soon, but maybe we'll see that with the Dylan stuff creeping in. Um, I, some I of the side think... players creeping in and, but I think we're seeing the consistency now. You know, I think we're getting that too in here. Like we're, we're starting to flow. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I was going into this, again, not really remembering the episode that well and thinking, oh, this is what it's really going to be. Like, this is a cheating episode. This is going to suck. But it really did pick up and go some places I did not expect. Um, And this was a sneaky good episode. I would agree. All right. Why don't we get to our uh, categories and our awards and we'll wrap things up here. Uh, so we usually do about seven or six or seven categories and we'll do some rankings for those mm-hmm. that are new. Uh, so best scene to me, I kind of went with a tie between Brandon blowing up Denzel at the pre- peach pit and then Denzel trolling Brandon back in class. They felt like symbiotic scenes to me. So, Yeah, um, I I think I'm going to go with the Brandon uh, changing Denzel's tire outside yeah, the beach, but just with the tension of, is he going to get caught? Oh no, he's not. But now he feels super guilty. Like that. There was a lot, uh, baked into that scene that, and I thought it all came off pretty well. Yeah. I'm going to have to also agree with Tim. I think that's the better overall scene. Like I'm, I'm fine with the earlier scene of him blowing up. It's just, it's so radical where he chooses to do it as placement point, but no, the tire changing. Is, uh, is a lot better. I think I just like the yelling scenes. I'm looking back at my past month. The last episode, <laughs> the I liked when he yelled at James. And then uh, Brandon, Brenda and Cindy, when they had their big blowout, I went with that one too. Yeah. All right. Most important scene, I went with, uh, again, I picked two because I felt like they were tied together. And mm. that is uh, Kelly's horniness for Dylan and then Dylan's horniness for Brenda. So, like, uh, we're already seeing a little bit of the three um, kind of coming into play. And I don't know if they were already planning I don't know what they had in mind, but um, it was interesting to see the three of them kind of right together out of the gate, like all flirting with each other. I am right in there with you. And if if I had to pick one over the other, like gun to my head, um, I guess I'll go with the Dylan Kelly interaction only because we know Dylan and Brenda is going to happen like very soon. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's important. Um, but, it, but it's not like we're, it's not like it's, um, it's going to be a, people will think, think of that as a callback to anything really. It's just, it's them heating up. Right. Right. And, um, that will be an incredibly important pivotal relationship, but the Brit, the, the Dylan Kelly one is, is something I don't think people would necessarily saw coming back then. Mm-hmm. 
and to look back on, you're like, oh shit, that was that was a really early interaction between those two that maybe takes on greater meaning, knowing what you know in retrospect. What do you have, Eric? Uh, most important is it's been kind of tough. I certainly agree with Tim, um, his points, and I certainly I do enjoy the Kelly Dillon relationship perhaps a little more, but I, I guess I got to give it to the, the chalking scene and like where they finally just have a one-on-one interaction and like he just shows mm-hmm. like, it's just general like chillness and like, you know, he's willing to help her out and jam. Yep. Yeah, I think that, that says a lot that builds on their relationship going forward. All right, most 90s look, I went with uh, Brandon's brown vest over the gray shirt that he had. Yeah, I had that one too. Good job, Eric. It might be it. Um, there's also Dylan's like tan coat and just the the overalls, like the half overall. Off. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's it's. He's also wearing straight up pajamas in one scene, which I think we've seen before. <laughs> as well, yeah. Uh, oh, also uh, point out to Jim's uh, uh, sweater, his yellow sweater vest, like he just mm. came back from playing tennis. Yeah. That's a good dad. Uh-huh. Well, Brandon's in the background, like he's as he's pontificating about Brandon's being so fucking great. Nice dad tennis sweater. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Most nineties moment. I, I I just went with grading on a curve. Like I don't know if that's a nineties <laughs> thing or if they still do it today, but it felt nineties to me. That was like something you heard more at that time. I don't know if it's been phased out or not, but um. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll agree with that, actually. Um, there there weren't a whole lot of options for this one, but the, just the whole test anxiety and uh, which, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's not a thing anymore, but the flavor of it is, is certainly very 90s and how it's presented right. here. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um Oh, that's so specific. Nineties. I'll go with you on the on the grading on the curve. Yeah, I really don't hear about that as much anymore. Right. Well, good. I hope they phased it out. And that's also one of my two lessons learned. Uh, don't grade out a curve. It's stupid. <laughs> okay. Yes. And then also, Brandon. I, I didn't mark down who he said it to, but it was a great line. He goes, "Don't spend it all on one place or on one face," which was. Uh, I, I don't remember who the fuck he said it to. Do you, do you guys remember? It? I, just, I remember it was a great line. I just can't remember when he said it. Um, they don't spend oh, it all no. in one place or on one face. It oh, it did, sounds like it would be directed to Kelly, but wait, did Nat say that to him? We gave his pay. Oh, you're right. Nat said it to him. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. that's another he good Nat singer. Yeah, yeah. Nat, that's what I meant. Nat said it to Brandon. Yep. Yeah. Great Nat. So he gives him his check. Yeah, don't set it all in one place or on one face. That that's a um, lesson for sure. When it comes to mayonnaise, you can't be too specific. No. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, the lesson is is pretty straightforward, I guess. Um, you know, don't cheat. Uh, but it, it's hard to. I, I kind of tend to bastardize these lessons as, as um, we watch these. How but about just don't don't specifically dye your hair to impress one guy. Well, that that's a good one too. Don't make bad hair choices to impress mm-hmm. uh, a boy. Do it for yourself, for your own self improvement, for no one else. Yeah. Yeah. All right, best hookup. I went Brandon and Denzel. I thought they really had a thing going oh, there. Oh, wow. Okay. Teacher student love. Yeah. I guess I'll go Brenda and Dylan. I mean, they haven't 
quite hooked up yet, but we're getting there. It's a, they're undressing each other with their eyes. I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to have to go with that. I mean, if Denzel could come back for more than one episode, that'd be something. Yeah, but uh, well, It's not a relationship. It's just a... Yeah. Yeah. He hit it and quit it. Yeah, and the, the, and the, the Steve uh, Brandon bromance is a dark point, so I can't really yes. get behind that. Mm. All right, best quote. Uh, I had it's just irritating how you always think you're right, Brandon. I am right, Andrea. <laughs> that was funny. And then, uh, excuse me for living, Brenda says, which is kind of a Brenda line. I had a call out there because I, I don't think it's the last time we're going to hear that one. But I think I've already used mine, which was uh, in the heat of <laughs> uh, Brandon and Andrea's argument. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so just over dramatic. It's it like. That's that should have been in in her um, opening uh, credits montage. You know, we're we're seeing all the characters and her spinning around and and flicking her finger at him should should definitely be in for like at least three seasons worth of Andrea opening credits. What do you got, Eric? Yeah. Um, well, you got some good ones. So I just go for the obvious. I'm wearing both contacts in the same eye. <laughs> That's a good uh-huh. one. Why not? All right, final grade. Uh, I, I end up surprisingly liking this a lot, and I had it on par with our last one, Tim. So I went six out of ten again, uh, which ties it for the best episode so far. I just thought this felt very similar to the last one. I like the consistency we've give, been given. I like the deep dive into Danzel. Uh, yep. We had a lot of development with Brenda and Dylan, which was key, and it wasn't ham-fisted. Uh, we saw some more with Steve and Brandon and kind of what tensions could exist with them. And, uh, you know, we saw a little edginess out of Brandon, too. So we'll see how that plays out. So I thought we had a lot going on. We did. I I think I enjoyed this more than the last episode. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it a seven because that just feels sort of too high. Um, so maybe six and a half. Would that work? OK. Yeah, that feels very fair. I would do the same. I'm not okay. going to get into quarter quarter stars here. <laughs> no, no, I'll stick to the halves. Uh, we'll probably regret that, but all right. Yeah, as we Let's do. hit our trackers really quick. Um, so for songs, when Brandon's talking to Dylan and Kelly and Donna, see Brandon's new hair was Policy of Truth, Depeche Mode. That was and, a great use of that too. Yes. And then when Brenda's jogging is Bed Spring Kiss by Jellyfish mm. uh, when Dylan comes by on the bike. So Our second ones. appearance by Jellyfish in this early run of the show. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to pull up YouTube because uh, I'm not really familiar with Jellyfish at all. It's a tight little um, early 90s band. We're not around for very much, but um, they had some bangers. Mm-hmm. This crew loved them, that's for sure. <laughs> Whoever's editing yep. the show. <laughs> All right. Characters. Mr. Denzel was the only debut. Uh, relationships. I noted Brandon and Steve continues. Brandon and Denzel and Brenda and Dylan starts up. So I put those in there. Mm-hmm. And then for places and things, I just had Steve's house. I think it was the only new place we saw. Yeah. Or you guys, have we had Dylan's motorcycle yet? I guess we got um, that in, right? Um, I guess we haven't seen his motorcycle. No. Put that down. We We've seen the we inside of, of Steve's house. We saw his room, at least, in the, was it in the pilot? But we haven't seen the outside of his house. So yeah, it's the first yeah. time. I feel like this felt like yeah. the real first time. Like, we yeah. had the pool, saw the house. Well, they, and... they made sure to have those nice long shots when they were introducing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Let's do our character ranking. So, 
Eric, the way we've usually been doing this is kind of based on this episode, but also a little bit baked in kind of how they've been, right? So this episode kind of influencing the overall. So we'll figure out that ranking and then we'll add that onto our overall totals once we do that. So um, would we all agree that Dylan was still the best in this episode? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess probably was. um, Factoring in as well, like that he's already kind of kind of on top. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't move him. Yeah, he's just that cool. So do you want to keep Brandon, too, even with his uh, gaslighting bullshit in this episode? Mm -hmm. To me, it's more attrition in this one. I don't think it is. Yeah. Had a big enough showing to pass him. It, nah, nobody's gonna lap him on the basis of this. If Brenda one. had a bigger episode, maybe she could have. But right, maybe. exactly. Okay. Do we want to keep her second, uh, third though? Um, who is after her last? Yeah, episode? who's just below her? All right. So last episode we had it where it was Brenda, Jim, Cindy, Steve, and then we had David and Andrea. Andrea was down there, but she had a good episode. She I don't know did. how far we're going to bump her based on this one, but right. I, I don't know. I do I want to move Steve all the way up that far over Brenda. Yeah, I mean, I could just if you want, I could justify Brenda and then Steve. Yeah, I think I put Steve. I think I'd move Steve and Andrea over both Walsh's. I think I would too. I would too. Really? Yeah, keep yeah. Brenda where she's at, but. I mean, you could maybe argue Jim over Andrea, but I think Andrea passed Cindy for me, for sure. Yeah, this is a huge episode for Andrea. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to... I mean, look, how long is she going to stay there? Right, right. Not long. Do we want to leave Kelly below David, even though he wasn't in this one? Like, how much do we want to punish David for not being on? Because I know we've liked him a lot. So we had David, Andrea, Kelly, then Nat, mm-hmm. Scott, Donna. So I think we can comfortably put Scott and Donna last again. Um, yeah, even though Scott sure. was on this one, I still put him above Donna because she looks like such an idiot. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fine moving Kelly up because she's going to move up quite a bit in the next episode for sure. So we want her above David. What do you think, Tim? Um, David's been a little shaky. Last He's time. been, yeah, he hasn't seen a, he hasn't had a lot of development, you know, even when he does appear, he's kind of just, I mean, what does he really do more than Scott, you know, um, right. other than we like him more. Uh, yeah, I would feel okay putting, putting Kelly above David. Would you put Kelly above Cindy? Not yet. No, no. And then Nat below David still? Yes. Okay. No, I well, put him up. Yeah. He's, He's just about, yeah. I just questioned myself. Yeah, I just questioned I mean, myself. A lot of this episode, you know, pertains to Nat's restaurant and uh oh. and Nat's got good fun energy with Brandon. He's got those good lines, yeah. Yeah. Put him up, yeah. All right. All right, we will. Um all right. Eric, you wanna quickly tell us about Blockbuster Rewind while I run the numbers to crunch the totals? Uh yes. Blockbuster Rewind is only at uh, this time a monthly podcast where myself, Andy Atherton, and Scott Shiplett uh, review a series of films, uh, if part of a movie series or overall theme, uh, with a guest. Uh, Tim was our very first guest uh, over a year oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Doing Jaws. Yeah. yeah. We did all four Jaws films. 
That was fun. Sent, it was. And we've covered a, a variety of different films of different genres over the last uh, 14 episodes. And um, obviously some some favorites of the uh, PTB uh, extended universe have been guests. Uh, obviously Jennifer Smith, uh, Scott Criscolo, Matt Suska, uh, Jacob Williams, uh, Sean Kidd. And uh, right now we're, we're currently looking uh, for a guest potentially for our, uh, our upcoming episode on American Pie. We're going to cover the four theatrical releases. Mm. That's our best bet. Um, you know, not going to, we're never going to go four yeah, hours. That's an important months. distinction because there have been several, several direct to video American Pie films that no one has seen. <laughs> yes. yes. Including right. one that came out during COVID last year. Oh my God. On Netflix. <laughs> wow. No. So right. yeah, be sure so, to check that out on the Pop Experience. Yes, PTB Pop Experience. Uh, it, it's a it's a lot of fun and and a lot of different uh, various opinions. So you, you're gonna get get something from it. All right, very good. All right, I have crunched the numbers. So here is our official mm. uh, ranking from worst to best. Still in last place with six points, Donna Martin. <laughs> After her with eleven points, Napasuccio. So he's climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Scanlon with sixteen points. That's our bottom three. Kelly Taylor with 30, and then Andrea Zuckerman with 31. So they're rounding toward the bottom still. Mm. They've had some shaky showings, but this was a big one for them to bump up. Yep. Uh, we got Jim Walsh with 34, David Silver with 38, Cindy Walsh with 43. Um, so she's a uh, decent ahead above Jim, which is surprising at this point for me. Steve Sanders at 49 in fourth place, and then our top three, Brenda Walsh, is down to third with 56 points. In this episode, Dylan finally passed her by one with 57. And then Brandon Walsh still in first place with 66 points. He's our number one character, Tim, to date. Anything you want to plug before we wrap up, Tim? Wow. Uh, I would just say you can also uh, check me out on uh, our sister feed, I guess you could call it, the Jenny Position, um, where you and I, JT, do a show with Jennifer Smith and with Scott Criscolo called The Journey Through Infinity. Um, you may have heard the most recent episode of that podcast here, as well on the North-South Connection uh, podcast network, because it was, I don't know what you want to call it, simulcast, perhaps? Yes, Syndicated? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is a show where we go through uh, all the films chronologically of the Marvel Cinematic universe we're more than halfway through and our next episode is going to be talking thor ragnarok very popular film one i enjoy a great deal so i I do want to encourage everyone to check that out because it will be available very soon if not already um so it could be on the jenny position or right here on north south connection um, beyond that, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter. I am at Syke68CYKE68. All right. I am I at think do it. I'm at JT the Pod Guy on Twitter. Appreciate everyone who's listened to this so far. If you're not a 2 0 fan, you know all those that haven't heard it. Spread the word. We'd appreciate it. You know, toss it out on social media. And again, if you want to be part of the show and guest on an episode, uh, we're, we're a bit filled here in season one, but there's still some slots open toward the back end. So just message me. We'll get you plugged in and we'll get you set up. Uh, again, JT the Pog Guy on Twitter. A little dim sum, a little dems up. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.
Just what it all means Just what it all means 